0: Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C O R R Y. Joel, you can also read my regular CBSSports.com column, agent's take on NFL salary cap and contract matters. Uh, this time around, we are going to dissect uh, Lamar Jackson's new blockbuster deal. Look at the numbers, look at put them in context, and assess how he did representing himself. Now, um, the deal was agreed to on April 27th shortly before the NFL draft, kind of overshadowed the first round because the um, deal kind of comes out of nowhere because um, we didn't know what Lamar was going to do. At the time, the speculation was, well, Lamar play on a s one-year franchise tender, $32.416 million? Will the team come out of the woodwork after the draft? They don't get a quarterback and make a run of him for an offer sheet? Well, the deal put that to best where he becomes the league's highest-paid player. Now, this has been one of the most anticipated um, contract situations in quite some time, and that's because Lamar Jackson's never had an agent. Um, didn't have an agent coming out for the draft process. Didn't have an agent uh, when he was um, negotiating his rookie contract and did this deal without an agent. There have been other players who've done deals without an agent that are pretty high profile, um, most including one of his teammates, Roquan Smith, um, we've had Laramie Tunsil um, become the first $20 million per year offensive lineman and $25 million per year offensive lineman without an agent. Bobby, Bob, Bobby Wagner became the highest-paid off-ball linebacker in 2019 without an agent. Richard Sherman his negotiated deals without an agent. Same for Russell Okun. But none of them have been a quarterback who's played at a very high level. And as you know, everything revolves around the quarterback in the NFL. The deal Jackson signed five years, two hundred sixty million dollars, averaging fifty-two million per year. There are one hundred eighty-five million of overall guarantees. A hundred and thirty-five million is fully guaranteed at, con- at, at signing of the contract. It's got a no-trade clause. He's also got a clause which prevents um, the Ravens from putting a franchise or transition tag on him when the deal expires after the twenty-twenty-seven season. Um, 72, $72.5 million signing bonus in the deal is the largest signing bonus in NFL history um, it eclipses Dak Prescott's $66 million signing bonus in the contract he signed um, right at the beginning of the 2021 league year now out of the signing bonus um, $52.5 million is payable within 10 days of the contract being approved by NFL Management Council the other $20 million is payable in 18 equal installments over the course of the 2023 regular season. So that means in addition to his game check, that he's going to get $1,111,111 each week of the regular season. Now, the Ravens used a double option bonus with this contract. That's a... Uh, structure which is one of the more complex ones in the NFL. And an option bonus is addition is basically an additional signing bonus that's paid in the second or third year of a contract to exercise a later year, or later years in the deal. And option bonuses are prorated on the cap just like signing bonus. Signing bonuses are prorated for the life of a contract up to a maximum of five years. So if you got a four-year deal Signing bonus gets prorated four years. you got a seven-year deal. Signing bonus only gets prorated first five. Option bonus gets prorated beginning in the year that the option is exercised. So with um, Jackson, he's got $72.5 million signing bonus. He's got a $7.25 million base salary um, this year. I mean, 7.5 base salary this year. Um, 'Cause he's making eighty million this year. Seventy point two five signing bonus, seven point five million dollar base salary this year. He's got eighty million for twenty twenty-three. That's the most ever in the first year of an NFL contract. He's got the most cash through any junctures of the contract, no matter what year you're talking about. The cap number was thirty-two point four one six million. That was sitting on the camp cap force franchise tag. Now uh, his cap number is twenty two point one fifty. 20, 22.15 million, I should say. Um, signing bonus is getting prorated at 14.5 million, 2023 to 2027. I'm kind of jumping around here a little bit, but um, the Ravens are picking up 10.266 million dollars of cap space this year. The first option bonus is 17.5 million, and that the option must be exercised no later than the fifth day of the 2024 league year, next March. Now, the way that it's written, Jackson's got a fully guaranteed $31.5 million 2024 base salary. That's going to reduce to $14.25 million when the option is exercised. The presumption is the option will be exercised for cap purposes. And by exercising the option... Um, You're making the $17.5 million payment to pick up a voiding dummy 2028 contract year, a fake year, not a real year. Contract expires after the 2027 season worth $99,999,999. In years 2024 through 2026, this is what's been misreported. There is a report that there's a $750,000 offseason roster bonus It's not a roster bonus in the contract. In 2024 through 2026, Jackson has $750,000 in workout bonuses. The 2024 workout bonus is fully guaranteed at signing. The 2025, 26, 27 roster bonuses are not guaranteed. That's $3 million total there. So, if you have a roster bonus that is fully guaranteed at signing, which means you have skill injury and salary cap guarantees all it's signing, which you do have with this particular roster bonus, then that's going to be prorated on the cap. So that means the 750 from 2024 gets prorated back 2023 through 2027 at $150,000 um, on the cap for each of those years. That's why the cap number in 2023 is $22.15 million because you got that extra 150000 on the cap now. Um, you've got a second roster bonus in 2025. The deadline for that one is the 5th day of the 2025 league year. And for that one you're going to have a $22.5 million payment to pick up another fake voiding dummy year for 2029 worth the same amount. $99,999,999 dollars. And for this one the listed base salary of 42.75 million is going to drop to 20.25 million now. Out of this 42.75 million, it's all guaranteed for injury at signing. But only 22.5 million of it was fully guaranteed at signing. The other 20.5 million becomes fully guaranteed on the 5th day of the 2024 league year. So, that's how you get the $135 million Fully guaranteed at signing Um, because you've got the signing bonus, the 2023 uh, base salary, the 2024 option bonus and 2024 base salary. And then you've got twenty two and a half million in 2025, which is fully guaranteed at signing. So you have one twelve of cash through. Um, 2024 plus another 22.5 that's 130 135 million. So through year three, there's 156 million dollars of cash, and then you go into uh, year four, you've got 29 million, which is guaranteed for injury at signing, Um, and that becomes fully guaranteed on the fifth day of the 2025. Uh, league year. So that's how you get the um, 185 million overall guarantees, but the base salary in 2026 year 4 is 51.25 million and that's the same in 2027, 51.25 million. So, your um cap numbers in the deal, 22.15 million 2023, 32.4 million 2024 $43.65 million in 2025 $74.65 million in 2026 and $74.65 million in 2027 You're going to have a $12.5 million cap charge in 2028 should this contract expire That is because those dummy voting years 2028 and 2029 void on the last day of the 2027 league year which will be in march 2028 and right now you've got eight million dollars of prorations sitting on the cap um for 2028 um eight and 4.5 million sitting on the cap in 2029 and that's because that first roster bonus of 17 and a half million for 2024 um sits on the cap at 3.5 million uh, for 2024 through 2028. And the second roster bonus of $22.5 million sits at $4.5 million on the cap for 2025 through 2029. So that's why you have that extra $12.5 million sitting, uh, accounting for the cap charges in 2028 and 2029, um, as is. Now, um, the way you look at this, the way that this thing is working, that there's no way that they're going to get rid of Lamar Jackson before... 2026 at the earliest of all of a sudden he turns into Carson Wentz or something. It just doesn't make sense from a cap standpoint. Even in 2026, if you don't use a post-June 1 designation, there's going to be $57.8 million of dead money from the bonus proration and the $29 million salary guarantee. There is an offset so that they could recoup money from wherever he signed elsewhere, but he wouldn't be worth a whole lot if you got to cut him. So there'd be a minimum, minimal relief from him signing someplace else. If we released him in twenty twenty seven, the dead money would be thirty five point three million. But you gotta think the Lamar is gonna set himself up well for another deal. Now, with a cap number of seventy four point six five million in twenty twenty six and twenty twenty seven, if this thing works anything like it of Joe Flacco, who was the last time the Ravens used a double option bonus and if they're real tight up against the cap, they may have to come to Lamar in 2026 to get cap relief and do a deal after three years. That's what the Ravens had to do with Joe Flacco in 2016. He became the um, highest paid player in the NFL in 2013 after he played out of his mind during that Super Bowl run. Um, got a six-year deal um, averaging $20.1 million per year. And yes, a decade ago, $20.1 million made you the highest paid player in the league. <laughs> Now we're over fifty. Now we're 52 million and climbing. So in 2016, that'd do it again. Highest paid player was Aaron Rodgers at 22 million because um, the quarterback market had stayed stagnant, which it isn't doing now. And he got a three year extension averaging $22,133,333 per year. Even if he didn't get the um, no franchise tag clause, which is rare because the only quarterback who has one besides Jackson is Dak Prescott. It's not a clause which is easily given out. If you wanted to franchise him after 2027, that number was going to be 120% of his, basically his cap number. Almost his cap number, it's a slight modification. It's going to be 80, $89.43 million because you have to take out his workout bonus of 150. Uh, from the 120% calculation, so it's 120% of 73.95 million, which gets you to 88.65 million. And then you're gonna actually, uh, I mean, 750. I mean, the 750 roster roster bonus, not 150, 750. You're gonna add that back in. And you're gonna get 89.43 million. So maybe that's why they gave him the cost. Nonetheless, he got it. But they're thinking, well. <laughs> We can't really franchise him anyway, so no harm, no foul. But nonetheless, Lamar was smart enough to get that clause um, because it's going to probably force them to do a deal um, before he plays that last year. Um, if Lamar wants out at that time and he's playing at a high level, wants to test the market, you're going to have to do a deal. And then the Ravens will be looking for a new quarterback, and they're going to have $12.5 million of dead money in 2028 when he heads in the free agency. So that's kind of a uh, win-win for him. The no-trade clause, that isn't so unusual. Um, it's kind of become a norm with high-end quarterback deals. Um, Aaron Rodgers famously didn't have one, um, but you weren't going to trade for uh, almost 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers who didn't want to go there, who's talked about who have been talking about retirement. So he had an effective no-trade clause, even if he didn't formally have one on paper. But most of the top quarterback deals um, have one. Um, he's got the second most uh, guarantees in, in NFL history in a contract. Um, it's first among traditional deals. Obviously, the most guarantees, fully, full guarantees, and overall guarantees belongs to Deshaun Watson because he got a two million dollar five five-year uh, fully guaranteed contract from the Browns when he was traded um, last March from the Texans. Now, to me, some people have been mischaracterizing uh, Kyler Murray's guarantees and call it $189.5 million. If you're going to compare apples to apples, you got to look at how much is guaranteed for injury at signing. Because when you're talking about total guarantees, you're talking about the amount that's guaranteed for injury at signing. We're not, when we talk about Patrick Mahomes' guarantees, we don't talk about all the money which ends up vesting the roster bonuses where it's not guaranteed and it ends up vesting a year or two early. We look at Patrick Mahomes' amount of injury guarantees as $141,481,905. So we got to have a little consistency in how we're f- talking about the guarantees. Cause if you start talking guarantees and the way people present Murray's $189.5 million. I haven't done the math, but given that the bulk of Mahomes' money is in these roster bonuses, that he's going to have the most money of overall guarantees if you start talking about unguaranteed money or non-guaranteed money, which can become guaranteed. As I've digressed into Kyler Murray longer than I thought I would, um, he's got $160 million of injury guarantees. At signing, he's got 10 million in 2026, which is not guaranteed, um, that becomes guaranteed in 2025, and he's got 19 million, 19.5 million in 2027, that's not guaranteed as well, that becomes guaranteed in 2026. That's how you get the 189.5 million, but that is different than what we're talking about in terms of injury guarantees, Russell Wilson has an amount um, which can push his, I think, to 200, the overall guarantees. I mean, the amount of guarantees, if you're looking at in the Kyler Murray prism, but we don't talk about Russell Wilson like that. He used to be second in guarantees with 165 from the way I'm calculating it. Um, He's now third in overall guarantees. That's the injury guarantee. And he used to be second, the full guarantee, at 124 million. Lamar Jackson made a lot of money by being patient instead of doing a deal in 2021. Um, if Lamar had an agent, um, there's a good chance he would have signed a deal in 2021. Um, the deal that may have been the impetus for him signing was Josh Allen, fellow 2018 first round pick. Josh Allen, shortly after training camp started, signed a deal. Six-year extension, $258 million, averaging $43 million per year, made him the second-highest-paid player in the league, behind Patrick Mahomes at $45 million. So let's say Jackson gets a deal done then. Maybe he goes slightly above that. It's $43.5 million per year. Maybe he gets stuck with the six years. That's six new years. Josh Allen had two years left on his rookie contract. Six-year extension means it's eight total years. So maybe Lamar Jackson is under contract through 2028 for less money. Or let's say he's able to get a five-year extension where he comes up the same time he does now. If Allen had to give 43 on a six, maybe it's 41, five new years. Or let's say he's somehow able to finagle a four a four-year extension, four year extension for new years. Then you had Dak Prescott who signed at forty million per year for four years. Maybe it's right around then. But either way, by waiting, Lamar Jackson is taking advantage of the changing market conditions. Cause what we've seen is that four players went past Mahomes' forty five million per year in twenty twenty two. There's Aaron Rodgers who became the first $50 million per year player. And Aaron Rodgers signed a 3-year deal for 150.815 million averaging 50271667 dollars per year. We had Deshaun Watson's fully guaranteed uh, contract averaging 46 million per year. Then you had Kyler Murray Come in on a five-year extension that he got with two years left on his rookie contract for forty-six point one million per year, and then you had Russell Wilson after the trade, he's Denver um, right for the start of the regular season. Um, signs for forty-nine million per year, so just by waiting, it's made a lot of money. And then this year, um, Jalen Hurts had just signed a five-year extension. Averaging $51 uh, million per year. The ink's barely dry before Lamar passes him. That was at $255 million on a five-year extension, $180 million in overall guarantee. So by waiting, Lamar's probably made a good $8.5 per year. So you've had people who were like, oh, he's never going to make up the money he didn't do from doing a deal two years ago. No, he's more than made that up. Because if he signed a deal... In 2021, it's not going to be any more than $43.5 per year. Now he's at 52 Yeah, the cash is different, but he's going to be under contract same amount of years or more uh, than he is now. And to illustrate that point, we're going to look at what uh, Lamar is versus Josh Allen. you got to remember, Josh Allen was drafted ahead of Lamar. If you look at the difference in the rookie deals when Josh Allen signed, what they made through their first three years, Josh Allen had made $17,904,439. Lamar in his first three years made $7,700,062. Lamar was the last pick in the first round. That's a difference of $10,204,377. So, uh, Lamar, already behind in cash by virtue of draft position. If you want to say Lamar doesn't go 32nd if he has an agent to manage him through the pre-draft process, he goes higher. That's a fair point. Now, if you look at where Lamar... Lamar, in 2021, he made $1,771,590. And then last year played on a twenty-three point dollars six million fifth-year option. So he made... Through 2021 and 2022, he made 24,787,590 dollars. Whereas Josh Allen, in terms of his cash flow, Josh made 20 million in 2021 and a combined 67 million in 2020 through 2022. So if you look at where the cash flow difference is in their overall careers, um, through 2022, Lamar is down $52,416,787. That's accounting for the $10.2 million difference in draft position. Lamar almost catches up after 2023. 'Cause Josh Allen in terms of his cash flow through his first new year would be twenty twenty three. He's got ninety five million dollars. Whereas Lamar this year, he's making eighty. So Josh goes from ninety five, from sixty seven to ninety five, that's twenty eight. Lamar's making up fifty two million dollars of cash through this year. So career earnings through twenty twenty three, Lamar's gonna be down. Four million, I mean four hundred and sixteen thousand seven hundred and eighty seven dollars. So he's already basically caught up. If Lamar had done a deal in the same neighborhood as Josh Allen back then, he's still probably gonna be the ten million behind. Cause let's say it's forty-three say he did the same deal and it's got the same cash flow, then he's always gonna be ten point two million behind. But since he's now in a deal averaging fifty-two As opposed to 43 or 43.5 or 43.25, he's able to make that up quickly. Now, if you go to where they are in 2024, just from the new deal, um, the cash flow for uh, through 2024, that's the second new year for uh, Josh. He's at 125 million of cash over those four years since he signed his deal. Now, if you look at Lamar's cash, um, over that same four-year period, 2021 through 2024, his cash is $137,237,590. So, if you look at their career cash difference, it's going to be, Lamar's now ahead through 2024, $2,038,213. Now, if you look at where their career cash is through 2025, 20, 26, and 27, Lamar is six million eighty-three thousand two hundred thirteen dollars ahead. Through twenty twenty six he's nineteen million uh five hundred eighty three thousand two hundred and thirteen dollars ahead. And through twenty twenty seven he's thirty one million five hundred eighty three thousand two hundred thirteen dollars ahead. Now this is gonna assume that they if they both played out the rookie contract kind of, if if Lamar plays out his contract and Josh doesn't get an extension of two years left on his deal and and Josh has to play out play through 2027 and gets a new deal heading into 2028. So they both be getting a new deal heading into 2028. And then it all depend on who went first, who was how they were playing at that particular time by waiting. Lamar has more than made up the difference because I think something that's getting lost in this translation is you're thinking, well, Lamar, if he had signed back in 2021, would only be under contract five total years no that would only be a three-year extension he had two years left on his contract he was going to give up at a minimum four new years which would make him come up after 2026 possibly six new years because that's what josh allen did he'd be under contract through 2028 or could have been the actual five new years which would put him under contract through 2027 by playing out his rookie contract he is under contract through 2027. Now, I haven't done the math, but I suspect that making 52 million per year in new money as opposed to $43 or 43. a half million in new money, is much greater than <clears throat> what he could have earned in interest had he gotten a deal done where he's got similar cash flow as Josh Allen has in his actual extension. So I'm going to say that Lamar actually made money by letting the market change. Um, He's more than made up the difference, at least to me. You may disagree, but that's how I'm looking at it. And I want to use it from Josh Allen to kind of put it into context. Now, getting away from that, something I found interesting um, was that Lamar Jackson said in his press conference, one, that the um, trade – Request was just negotiating ploy. Yep. That's what I kind of suspected. And he said that other teams had reached out. And that he was focused on getting something done with the Ravens. Yeah, well, they're not mutually exclusive concepts to me. And I say that from personal experience. That 25 years ago, we had a transition player, John Randall. Some of you may have heard of. He's um in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, defensive tackle. That was the prototype for the undersized defensive lineman um, before Aaron Donald. The guy had I think 137 and a half sacks in his career. Eight straight double-digit sack seasons. But back then you could do poison pills with offer sheets. And Miami was the biggest competitor. We, we've we been talking to Miami about an offer sheet but simultaneously negotiating with the with the Vikings to stay because John was torn about what he wanted to do. But there's no way Minnesota is going to be able to match the offer sheet. Just cuz it was going to be very front-loaded from a cash standpoint and they didn't weren't able to pay a signing bonus in a lump sum, which you're going to have to match the terms. So, we had a offer that we hadn't signed the offer sheet from the Dolphins. John's visiting the Dolphins. We're still negotiating with the Vikings, but they had to pay John more per year to get him to stay. Also, had to do something which was unusual at the time. Basically, the only guaranteed money was signing bonus. We had base salary guarantees in his contract with no offset. So, there's no guarantee in small guarantee in year four and year five with no offset. So, when John was ultimately cut by the Vikings and went to uh, Seattle to finish his career, he was getting a couple million dollars in each of those first two years of Seattle from the Vikings. But we were able to leverage the offer sheet into a better deal with Minnesota than if we didn't have any interest uh, from someone. So I think maybe Lamar possibly made a tactical error by not seeing if there was any real interest from someone. And I know logical conclusion probably was going to be that nobody was going to put an offer sheet on him because the Ravens were going to match. They already had the $32.416 million sitting on the cap. But the threat of the offer sheet and the visit may have been able to spur some other changes to the deal, which would have been favorable uh, to Lamar. Now, that being said, one of the things I look at, and I'm a stickler for this, is where your percentage of cash is after each year. Um, Lamar, after his first new year, which is 2023, is at 30.76. I looked at what the other quarterbacks are that signed five-year deals Um, over the past year. Jalen Hurts, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. Uh, First new year, Kyler uh, Murray, 31.52. Russell Wilson, 29.78. Jalen Hurts, 23.53. After the second new year, 2024, for Lamar, 43.27% of the money. Jalen Hurts, 40. Russell Wilson, 44.9. Kyler Murray, 45.67. After year three, Lamar, which is 2025, 60%. Hertz, 60%. Wilson, 61.22. Murray, 64.12. After the fourth new year, 80% for Lamar, 80% for Hertz. Russell Wilson, 79.59. And and Kyler Murray, 79.89. Now, I would have liked to have seen or if I represented uh, Lamar. I would have been looking at those early cash flow percentages from Kyler Murray after his first new year, second new year, and third new year and wanted to try to top those and get as close to those as possible. But one that I definitely would have needed to top would have been what was done with Lamar's teammate, uh, Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith goes 27.5%, 45%, 60, 80, and 100. I'm the quarterback Roquan's a linebacker. I know he's the highest-paid off-ball linebacker in history, but I don't want the same cash percentages after the third, fourth year as Roquan. No offense to Roquan Smith, but you're the linebacker. I'm the most important guy on the team, so I got to be above 60 percent, and I got to be above 80 percent after year three and year four. And Roquan's at 45 after the second year. Lamar's at 43.27. We need to shift some of that money upwards. Lamar, great job in terms of taking advantage of the market by waiting and not doing a deal too early, whereas an agent may have. So he's made a ton of money this way, but I'm just, maybe I'm nitpicking for some of you, but I'm just, there's some things i look at. One, um, another thing, those uh, workout bonuses. That's something the Ravens don't do. Um, the only Ravens veteran player for workout bonus is Michael Pierce. He's got $250,000 on his one-year deal. Uh, I may have tried to get those out um, because I wouldn't want to set the precedent for having these uh, workout bonuses and deals because I would be surprised if the Ravens don't start all of a sudden becoming a team which has workout bonuses. As long as Lamar's going to show up, it's free money because – not free money, but he's going to get it sooner rather than later. (laughs) Uh, he'll get it sooner than it would be base salary, so it's good from stat, that standpoint. But typically, I was not one who wanted to set a precedent uh, for something that a team hadn't done um, contractually. But as, as I said, as long as he shows up for the workout, and he's got to he's got to um, participate in 80% of the workouts, then he's going to get that money. Oh, August 15th. He gets it August 15th. So, yeah, from you get 750 by August 15th as opposed to having a 715 base salary, and then he gets paid over 36-week period, which runs through May. So it's better from that standpoint. But if he doesn't show up, he's out 750 So this should be enough incentive to get Lamar um, to show up. Now, um, one thing that's in the contracts of – the next highest-paid players on the Ravens he doesn't have. By that, I mean Roquan, Ronnie Stanley, Marlon Humphrey, Mark Andrews. They all have 4000000 dollars million fifth-day league year roster bonuses in their last two years, which is going to force the Ravens to make a quick decision on these guys. They can't held, be held hostage and released in inopportune time. Now, Lamar did not need a roster bonus in 2026. He's got the $29 million of salary, which is guaranteed for injury at signing, of his base salary, of his $51.25 million base salary, that becomes fully guaranteed fifth day of the 2025 league year. So something else Lamar did really good. He got early vesting guarantees. The, the 2026 guarantee vest in 2025. 2025, the injury guarantee converts to full guarantee in 2024. Now, I may have wanted some sort of roster bonus, substantial roster bonus in... 2027, because if I'm trying to get a new deal, I want to put a clock on it. I don't want this thing hanging out till the beginning of training camp. Because let's say it's 10 million. Say you got 10 million over your 51.25 million as a fifth day of the league, your roster bonus. So you got 41.25 million as a base salary. There's no way they're going to pay the 10. Well, I guess they could. They could still pay it, but they're less likely to pay the 10 million and then not do a deal. So that would be to try to force the deal to get done by the beginning of the league year. Now, that being said, that no franchise clause I love because that's going to give him maximum leverage because if the Ravens want to keep him and he wants to stay, he's not playing on that 2027 contract year. They will get something done. He's going to hold all the cards as long as he plays reasonably well. So in a sense... That clause kind of gives him a four-year deal of $208 million. That's his cash after four years. We're going to see just how valuable that is uh, through Dak Prescott. He's got that clause. He's got like $62 million in dead money if he doesn't play well. And his cap number is close to 60. Dallas can't carry that. So if Dak plays well... Man, he's got the hammer, and he's going to use it. Now, one other thing I would have liked, and this is kind of splitting hairs, but nonetheless, if other guys have them, I want them too. Um, Jalen Hurts has $15 million in salary escalators to bring the max value of his deal to $270 million. Um, Lamar does not have any performance bonuses, either escalators or incentives. Um, Josh Allen's got $30 million of incentives in his he's got five million in each of the new years where he's got a million for an AFC championship win um, where it's uh, he plays 60 percent in the game or starts the game and had six regular season play time gets uh, two and a half million same criteria for a Super Bowl win and one and a half million for NFL MVP. So he's got that five million. And just want to have the upside. Lamar's already won MVP. Um, but there's no upside. I'd want to have upside to exceed Hertz's $270 million max value. The 260 is the max value for Lamar's. It's just a straight clean deal. Just like Hertz, Lamar is only going to be the highest paid player for so long because. One thing I've always uh, realized is that high-end contracts are made to be surpassed. And that means Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are going to get contract extensions for more than $52 million per year by the Bengals and Chargers. The question is, can they do something other than a five-year deal? I don't know if that's possible now um, because the last big deals have been five new years. Lamar, five new years. Hertz five new years. Kyler Murray, five new years. Russell Wilson, five new years. These guys may be pigeonholed into a five-year deal. Now, the market's not moving much. It's been incremental increases. Hertz got a 1.45 million percent increase over Aaron Rodgers. Lamar Jackson, 1.96 percent. Now, Rodgers had a huge increase over Patrick Mahomes. His was 11.17 percent, so based on the last two, Hertz and Lamar Jackson, Burrow and Herbert gonna be like 53 million to be the next guy maybe 53 and a half max. then let's say Herbert gets done first. he's at 53. Burrow comes in at 54, 54 and a half probably no more than 55. I don't think he, you may not have a 55 million dollar per year guy this year based on these last two increases. But nonetheless, I expect both of these guys to top um, Lamar Jackson. But overall, Lamar, no one should be, no one should be able no one should criticize Lamar Jackson for the job he did as an agent. One, the highest paid guy, the best cash flow of any deal, got that um, no franchise tag clause, um, got the most guarantees, got the biggest signing bonus. By most guarantees, I mean a traditional deal. I'm putting Deshaun Watson aside. And made a ton of money by waiting. He'd have been at forty-three and a half million per year max had he done a deal two years ago, and that's more to me. That's more than made up the difference by waiting than the cash he was going to get because he's still going to be under contract the same amount of years. So um, that's my look at Lamar Jackson. Um, Don't forget you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C O R R Y J O L. And thank you for listening. And we'll see you back here next time. Goodbye.